Yes, coming in hot with episode 58 of the Football Played on Paper podcast. I'm Sean and I'm joined by Jobber. Morning. And Barney. Morning, gentlemen. After watching Manchester United get battered this morning, uh, we're going to do an EPL review, EPL preview, the big one, the oldest cup competition ever, FA Cup. And, uh, and then we've got a couple of emails into socials. So that's a flavor of the pod. Jobber, weekly happenings, mate. Yeah, oh, the, the oldest cup competition ever. Um, so, yeah, weekly happenings. So I don't know if you heard this week, but City won the league. Did you see all the fans out the front for what looked like a family barbecue? Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, no, it's good to see Good to see Man City, you know, um, following the rules, social distancing, um, not congregating all together. Um, no, it's been good. Did you good say that, that, Barney? There were more people at um, there were more people visiting houses in lockdown in Melbourne than there were at the front of the Etihad on the weekend. <laughs> yeah, it's typical of the uh, oil money, isn't it? But no, it's, we've uh, got, it's good to see. We've got more listeners than them. Bloody <laughs> <no>. <laughs> That's embarrassing. Oh, just absolute scenes out the front of the Etihad. Um, but no, good on them. Congratulations. They um they ca- overcame a lot of adversity and blah blah blah. No, we no, we should we should touch on that. So at one point, I think they were like in the um, bottom half of the table uh, early on in the season. Um, not like early on, as in like you know three games in or something like that. Like um, I think it might have been ten games in or something like that that they were yeah. they were down there to the winner run. So from from where they were, and I think some people were looking at their team going, "Oh, they're a bit busted. They might have to break that team up and, and go again." But no, Pep sorted it. Um, stuck to what what he thought was best and, and their style of play. And, yeah, I know, they're going to win the league by sort of 10, 12 points. Yeah. But, no, congratulations to them. So did you see um, a more dignified and cultured winner, Ajax? So they won the Eredivisie last week and they're melting down the trophy and sending um, a little metal shard, not sharp, um, to their 42,000 season ticket holders. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I, sorry, you go, sure. You go, man. Right. No, you go. Uh, yeah, I did see this. It was pretty. I thought it was a very nice little touch, considering they only had three games. I think it was where fans were allowed, and then the the rest were um, obviously behind closed doors. But yeah, I mean, Ajax were really obviously a club that are very in touch with their fans and know exactly what they're doing. Um, wasn't it? Was, how, was it like uh, was it 0.013% of the trophy will be in each each medal or something like that? Oh, I'm not a metallurgist, but um, I'm, I'm sure it's it's something like that. But it, it was a nice touch, wasn't it? But I think I know what you're thinking, Sean. You're thinking Dutch communists. Um, you're not happy with it? No, no. I think it's a nice touch. Um, my only thing is that um, I don't think you would do that if you hadn't won as many titles as um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly as, as they've won. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like. I just can't see um, a lot of uh, teams doing that. But, no, I think it's a nice touch and something different. I don't know what they do for their own trophy, trophy cabinet. They put a replica in there or something like that. But, Barney, it is um, 0.02%. 0.02%, um, yeah. yeah. If, I, if yeah. I ever see Tottenham win a trophy, they better not melt that thing down because that will <laughs> that will not be received well by the fans. Well, I think I think I saw someone tweet. Um, I don't think Blackburn or um, Leicester City are doing that with their Premier League trophy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. So um, next one is Americ Laporte has jumped ship just before the Euro. So he was picked by France, I think, two years ago. Didn't play, so he wasn't like technically a French international. So he's jumped ship to Spain just before the Euros. What did you make of this, Sean? This is this, this screams like something you do. 
This is a fucking disgrace. I can't oh. believe someone would have the minerals to do that. That's <laughs> fucking disgusting. Honestly, that, isn't that he the worst type of human being for doing that? Well, Who, how do you do that? I think, like, it's oh, a little bit, a- I think it's a little bit vexed because he's from um, like an area of Spain and France, like near Bilbao, where they see themselves basically as their own little um, nation. So they identify as like between the two countries. It's the yeah, Basque well, I mean, region, I believe. Yeah, but it's yeah, I, I appreciate that. And at some point, if you want to play for that little niche place, then I don't know, get some independence and get in there and do it. Oh, but as soon as, as soon as you, as soon as you <laughs> accept the shirt and French shirt, go to go to the training camp, um, wear the shirt. I appreciate he might have been on the bench or something like that. But I mean, as soon as you put the shirt on, that's it. There's no going back. Oh, actually, I feel a little bit Spanish now. There's, that's disgusting. Yeah, but that's. But I suppose in his defence, he's previously claimed that playing for Spain is out of the question, and he would not apply for dual citizenship. See, <laughs> you fucking coward. It's, oh, it's oh, terrible. What do you think, Barn? You're pretty happy with it. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with Sean. It's like he, he's he's come out and said those things about about Spain, and then he's gone to France. But oh yeah, I'll get in here, and then. <laughs> Friends are like turned out to be the world beaters that they are, and he's like, "Oh shit, I might not get a game. I'm going to go back to someone, someone who wants me." Your, your parents register you in the other association so you can make the rep team. <laughs> um, <laughs> exactly. But does right, he so, go on, uh, Does he does he start for Spain? Like Sergio starts, and then who does Sergio Ramos play? PK, with? I suppose. Or is PK yeah, retired? He's getting on a bit. Yeah, he's retired. You think he would start? You think he would start in the Spanish? Oh, I hope he doesn't start. I hope he rots on the bench and never plays a deal. Yeah. All right. So the next one is uh, Claudio Ranieri organised a guard of honour for Inter Milan. Did you see this? Yeah, I saw this. Nice T- little touch. Touched his heart. Touched his heart um, that I can't remember who did it for Leicester. Um, and then, yeah, he just reciprocated. So, no, I thought it was nice, but um, I don't know. COVID rules, did he break any there? You know I'm a sucker for some rules. It's Italy, well, mate. No one I, cares. I, I think I think he wanted to get Andrea Bocelli back, but uh, but um, he couldn't because of COVID. So. <laughs> Especially yeah. in his age, it's very risky. Um, yeah, so nice touch there from Claudio. And the last one is that Neymar has re-signed. Now he was linked with Arsenal, wasn't he, Barney? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think he was. They just they just didn't think they could fit him into the team. They he didn't really fit their system. That's a big signing for the next five years, but yeah, I think that's a big signing. I think the main thing that does is just put a Massive price tag on his head if anyone wants to come and get him. But in this environment, I don't think anyone's going to come and get him. And the next question is Mbappe. What happens there? He stays now. I reckon he stays. Stays in Paris with Neymar. But do you think they'll get any better if they keep signing these guys to huge deals and then don't work on the rest of the team? They're not going to get any further in any competitions, I don't think. Nah, but they're so good, both of them. <laughs> you playing FIFA? You look, you look what happened to them in. It wasn't last year. It was the year before Champions League when Neymar got injured, and um, they really needed him for that. The whole reason they signed him was to make that extra step from sort of quarter final, semi final into the to the final. And Neymar was injured, and they got knocked out. And then this season happened. And it happened to uh, Mbappe, where he he was injured, and they the games that they actually signed him for, he wasn't able to play, and then they got knocked out. Rather convincingly, so yeah, yeah it's I agree tough. With it's it's tough because you've got what four hundred and fifty million worth of transfer value in those two players. But I suppose that's the risk with these like great players. Like if Messi's out for Barcelona, 
then you know it's they're tough. they're gone yeah. as well. So um, yeah, it's it's a tough balancing act, and I don't think Potter is going to be in place next year to do it. Um, all right, so let's move on to the opening question. So with Harry Maguire looking unfit, who starts at centre back for England at the Euros? Sean, I'll start with you. This one's close to your heart. I know you're a big Tyrone Mings fan, but who starts uh, and who who starts in the other spot next to Harry? Uh, next to Harry, you're telling me Harry's out. Is he officially out? I don't know. <laughs> Doesn't look good. Um, doesn't look good. I saw him on crutches in a moon boot the other day, but I think England will go with a four as opposed to a three, um, which is what they did in the last tournament. So in a four, um, I think you're looking at Stones is definitely in. So it's a matter of who plays with Stones and you've got a short list of uh, Cody, Mings or Michael Keane from uh, Everton. So I think it's probably out of those three and, oh, man, it's it does weaken England. Um, I would probably go with Tyrone Mingan. What would you do? Oh, Barney, I'm gonna I'm gonna revert to you on this one. What do you, so you're saying John Stones is gonna start Barney and who's next to him? You heard of a little little player called Eric Dyer? Had a great game on the weekend. Oh, <laughs> oh god. <laughs> no, Even no. with the twenty six man squad. Can he qualify for Scotland? Can he do the Laporte over to Scotland now? I th- I think he's, I think he qualifies for Portugal, so he might be able to go play oh, for all of man. But uh he, um yeah, I I think uh, it will be yeah Stones with either Mings or Keane next to him. Probably I'm thinking probably thinking more Keane because I think he's played uh, more than than someone like Tyron Mings in the in the England squad. And I think Gareth might like him a bit more. Um, and then obviously Mings and Connor Cody as uh, backups for those two. Given Everton's form. Um, is it better because some of the Euro games are played in Wembley? That's at home. So that's not going to suit um, Michael Keane at all given uh, Everton's home form. So maybe just for the away league. Do you is think it, there's any chance of Kyle Walker getting a start there just to accommodate all these right backs? That, that's not the worst it's, shout I've ever yeah. heard, but I think he only plays um, center back in a three. I don't think he'll do it in a four. I think, yeah, I'm rather comfortable with him taking that first team spot in yeah. a four. Yeah, I think it's going to be Tyrone Mings if Harry doesn't make it back in time, but I really hope Harry does. He's had a great season, um, so he deserves. It'll be a shame. It yeah. will be a shame. Well, I think it's a, a, a bit of a he's a bit of a leader, right? As well, so that's probably what they want him for a large portion of as well. Yeah. Mm. Um, all right. So let's move on, boys. So we start with this week's fixture. So Fulham nil, Burnley two. Fulham are down. Barney, this was the first leg of your multi for the draw. <laughs> oh. Fulham just didn't turn up, did they? No, they did not. They did not. Um, yeah, don't worry. I got reminded by about 10 different people about how good that multi was. <laughs> um, yeah, this was this was disappointing for Fulham. They just, I don't know, they just, I guess the story of the whole season, they can't score. And just watching them play, they're just knocking it long. Like their best chances were all like knocking it long into Mitro or Maja and then running off him. Like it wasn't like they were working it in close or anything like that. Um, but uh, I think my highlight for Fulham was Scotty Parker. He's transformed from a lovable middle-class Englishman into a looks like a top dog out of a Guy Ritchie gangster movie. Can't get a turtleneck. He, 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 he dresses like it and talks like it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea you were so cultured, Barney. That's brilliant. Um, so I suppose on your point there, so Fulham's best chances come from long balls to Metro, but then they get caught out by a long ball. Oh yeah, if that's your key attacking weapon, surely you're like, oh shit, we don't want to get like we can't let the same thing happen to us. And they did. Yeah, so many times. Matai Vidra looked like an absolute worldie. 
<laughs> All right. Just slapping him up there. Yeah, that was yeah. some strike. Um, and then same thing again, Chris Wood, um, a brilliant strike off the post. Uh, no, he crashed a brilliant strike beyond Ariola, but again, it was just like a long ball over the top. To- yeah, that, that that first goal was like they – so full of lost it in there, attacking, I think it was Lookman, and uh, T- Tarkovsky took like one touch and just bombed it long. A great ball in behind. Vidra runs onto it, takes one touch, beats his man, cuts it back for Wood. Mm. Uh, no, for, not for Wood, for Westwood, sorry. Goal, which was like very clinical from Burnley. But yeah, like you say, just absolutely torn apart by a long ball. Um. I'll give you an indication of how, like, if you didn't watch this game, I'll give you an indication of how Burnley played. So, <laughs> Burnley played, they won 2 0. Um, Nick Pope was man of the match. Um, <laughs> and they had 32% possession. So, so yeah, they're very attacking. A little, a little indication of how Burnley um, set up for this game. But no, good, a good win for Burnley. And yeah, that's officially the end for, for Fulham, isn't it? Looking at that performance, is there anyone in the Fulham team that you think should stay in the Premier League? Like you're like, I'd definitely take him in another team. Oh, I know anyone you'd say oh, I'd definitely take him. Um, I, but I, who yeah. who do I like the the look of? I think Madger. He, he might get picked mm, off. Maybe. And I think Ruben Loftus Cheek might get picked up as well. Yeah, yeah I, I I had. A- Thought about this as well. I think Madger looks um, primed to go to someone like Crystal Palace or like a lower to middling sort of like team in the league um, and sort of like one of those th- teams. But like a lot of their best players for them this year have been uh, loan players. Mm. Like um, Ariola's on loan. I even think Loftus Cheek's on loan still. But um, I think maybe uh, Joachim Anderson, their centre back, he's been linked with he's been linked with Tottenham and a bunch of different clubs. So oh. I think he's probably most likely to go. Um, yeah, outside of that, I can't see who would go from that team. Yeah, I wonder if someone will take a punt on Lookman, but I also think someone may take a someone in the continent might take a punt on Mitro just because he's so hard to to mark. Um, all right, so yeah. let's move on. So that means Fulham are officially relegated. Burnley continue their climb up the table. They're now fifteenth, one point below that magical forty. It's a bit disappointing that all the relegation spots are sorted before the final day, isn't it? Yeah, they said it's the first time in like uh, many years that in with three games to go, all the relegation spots are actually sorted, yeah. which I found hard to believe. I thought it would have been done many times. Nah, just, just because Sheffield United and West Brom have just been so bad. Yeah. All right, so let's move on. So Southampton 3, Crystal Palace 1. This was a tale of two strikers for me, Danny Ings and Christian Benteke. Sean, what did you make of this one? Um, well, what do you think of um, Benteke's goal? So I can't work out if it was um, well taken and a good finish or um, a heavy touch, a bit of luck, and he just blasted it. Based <laughs> on the rest of his performance, I'm going with option B. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of, um, yeah, I think you gotta you got to pick what side you, you sit on. But um, nah, like I wasn't really looking forward to this game, if I'm honest. And um, But it, it actually lived up to... Um, like surpassed my height, actually. So I was happy with that. I thought Che Adams, um, his goal, he pretty much scored a goal from off the pitch. Decent finish. And then um, Danny Ings, obviously, with the double. So the first thing that came into my mind is, oh, now England need a 26-man squad as opposed to 23-man squad for the Euros. Danny Ings hitting form at the right time. Does he get a ticket? I think Danny Ings gets a ticket. Can you go back to Che Adams' goal? So I don't know how he got that in, but is that intentional or is that a shot? 
Yeah, that was a very, very, very tight angle. That was. I mean, the, it, no, it's from, not from Che Adams, sorry. Is the previous one a shot? The ball across. The ball across. Yeah. Is that a shot or no. is it laying for Che Adams? No, no, I don't think it's. I don't think it's a shot. I think it's a set, like set cross. That's yeah, genius. So that is yeah. absolute genius. I thought it was just a bad shot. That's a that's a worst assist I've ever seen because he couldn't have made it any harder for um, Che Adams, but he's <laughs> yeah. he's he, he finished it. Back but, to your question, uh, Sean. I think I think Danny Ings is number twenty four. I think he's got to be in there. He's, all his goals were so clever and different. Yeah, I think he does offer something different. Um, I was off him, but I think if he's in this type of form, you need a couple of players in your squad who are just like peaking. Yeah. Um, as opposed to yeah, if you like bring in Maguire back or, or even Rashford's been so quiet recently as well. So yeah, I think they they need um they need some uh, some players in form. What do you reckon, Barn? Alan Shearer didn't name him in his um in his squad. Do you reckon Danny Ings should get a Guernsey? Well, Alan knows best, but um, I, uh, I I I'd put him in. I put him. I was watching him play. I was like, I don't remember him being this sort of silky when he was at like uh, Burnley or Liverpool. Yeah, like you look at him. Now, you look at him now, and you're like, he just looks like a really class player. Like he's finishing his movements just real sharp. Um, I think he gets in the squad. For sure, he, for sure. He had a tough run at um, at Liverpool with with injuries. I think that was his like um, his boyhood club and a, a dream move, and he went there. But yeah, just his body didn't hold yeah. up. Um, went in for his time there, so he got a lot of injuries and it didn't go too well. But what do we think about Roy finishing up at the end of the year and the chat of uh, Frank Lampard coming oh, at Crystal Palace? Frank Lampard, are we wow. excited? Or not? Hey, who's buzzing? Who's got me? should be excited. I'm genuinely disappointed that this could be the end of Roy Hodgson, not just from a managerial perspective, but he could die. Um, <laughs> oh, God. No, like it's, it's, it's really sad because I think he's done a fantastic job at Crystal Palace over like a long period of time and they, they haven't made him make that step up yet where they're like, oh, we're not getting relegated, but we're not going anywhere. The job he's done just to keep that team up has just been exceptional for such a long yeah. period of time. I agree with that, but I think if you're a fan of Crystal Palace, you're like um, someone from the outside, i.e. you, says, oh, look, um, Crystal Palace stayed up again. Roy, what a great manager. But I think if you're a Crystal Palace fan, you're like, geez, we play some shit football. <laughs> yeah. I'm sick of finishing um, nowhere near the uh, top half of the table and just fight, fighting relegation, And which is okay if you're having a crack, but I just think they're just playing rubbish football and the results aren't much better than just surviving relegation. So if, I think it's a, at some point you've got to evolve and I think uh, Frankie's the boy to do it. Plus, <laughs> I like car crashes. So. If, if Frank Lampard takes charge of Crystal Palace and you can honestly pull this back on me in a year's time, if Frank Lampard put, takes put charge of Crystal Palace, they're getting relegated. Oh, oh, oh. Note, note that one. Note that one down, Sean. Note it down. And, oh, they'll be playing when beautiful they, when football. They qualify for Europe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Townsend, Cahill. The list goes on. Yeah, they what about Twy? They'll get really under Frank. It's like it's what Sean I said. Correct. It's like the, it's the Stoke conundrum where you play, mm-hmm. you, you get, you're locked in, and you're you're a consistent like Premier League survival uh, team, and then. You sort of go. Where do we go from here? We either have to take a punt on a more, you know, volatile manager, or just continue this and and everyone gets bored. And then and we're we're a stoke right out. now, Sam. Yeah, that's what um, I mean. They took a yeah. punt and they and they. they had, yeah. in the championship. Yeah, but you, you, you got to, or your fans already like like lose faith anyway. So you got to, and just on just on Ben Teke, I think he's um I think what he's done is he's really turned it on these last few games because he's really looking for that move away. His contract's winding down. He's got he's got uh, nowhere to go, and he's like, "Shit, I better turn some form on here." 
try and get my last payday before I uh, before I retire. <laughs> See, I think I think Palace is a great spot for Benteke. I think, like it's sort of out of the limelight a little bit because if he went to anyone with um, who's getting any more sort of coverage, um, I think yeah, he's he's interplay, his quality of his first touch, and his, the amount of goals he scores um, just gets put into the spotlight. But I think if he's at Palace, he sort of flies under the radar a little bit, gets to play every week, lives in London, earns a decent wage. Like I think it's kind of like the perfect club for him. So yeah. if you're what, – what club? Like give me the club that would come in for him. Liverpool. Oh, no. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think, he's, I think you're right because I think it's interesting too because it's going to be two strikers from Crystal Palace in the Belgium Euro squads. Um, which is just insane, like one of the favourites for the competition. And Christian Benteke and Batshuayi can both get a spot in the Belgium team from mm. Palace. That is it. I, I would, if I'm Christian Benteke, I'm going nowhere. Like it's absolutely ideal because they just play deep and they let him play with either Easy or Zaha or both. Like, Not a lot of competition for your spot. Yeah, none. I think it's good. Yeah. yeah. All right, boys. So um, anyway, so Southampton go up 3-1. couple of nice little goals from Danny Ings. So they are in 14th and safe and um, Crystal Palace are in 13th, one point above them and safe as well. But a nice little way to end for both of them. Um, so the next one, Manchester United reserves one, Leicester City two. Sean, what did you make of this one? Um, and a great strike from Luke Thomas, but don't get carried away here. All Brighton picks it up on the white right and flips <laughs> it down the side. Tillemans comes running in, clips across. Oh, gee, he's overhit the cross. Yeah! Luke Thomas! Wow. There's no way he was going to reach that. But no, he reached it. What a finish that was, huh? That was one of the goals of the season, I reckon. Oh, the tech is on that. It just he oozed. Had I love no how idea the about ball, it, did he? <laughs> the ball just stayed like so still. That's how you know he's just um, absolutely smashed it. But yeah, great technique. And Brendy was really loving that goal. Um, and then uh, that little scuff finish um, to answer back from uh, Mason Greenwood <laughs> on the inside of the right ankle to Mulligan into the um, bottom corner. See on um, to a statue again there. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, t- I want to talk about um, Sionchu's header, right? Oh. So if oh, if you watch this back, and I encourage you to, watch this back. Um, Rashford is marking him. Sionchu takes a step forward and then checks back and runs around Rashford. Rashford does his half-ass, like, tracking back thing. And then um, Sionchu, I think he jumps in between Matic and the, uh, I, think it's, the I, guess, I think it's just Matic who's there. Yeah. Just yeah, jumps over Matic and just a powerful header in. But then I love how Rashford's reaction. He just like throws his hands up like a little <laughs> um, like four-year-old having a tantrum. Like, who's marking him? I'm like, you are. You're marking him. <laughs> he just literally ran off his shoulder and then he's like throwing his hands up at Matic. Oh, how can you let um, the biggest guy on the pitch jump over the top of you and head it in from six yards out? Like, who's tracking my runner? Is so poor. Yeah. Terrible. But Marcus, he never should have been out there. <laughs> like, about Liverpool on Friday. I, I just couldn't understand any of this. So, um, granted, Leicester City were the better team, no doubt about it. Manchester United scored with their only shot on target. What confused me was we're trailing 2 1 in a game that everyone's like, well, if you lose that, you lose that, no big deal. And then he brings on the only time he makes like a proactive substitution all season, brings on Cavani, Rashford, and Fernandez, knowing you got Liverpool on Friday. It's like, what, what's going through your head there? I just couldn't get. I could not understand that. Just getting to the roll legs over before the big game. <laughs> but no, I, I uh, was seeing the team roll out. You, I always forget that Matter even exists until he gets rolled out for his once a quarter match for United when they're going to put the B team on. Yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was like terribly disrespectful to the Foxes to start Donny Vanderbeek. 
Like that is that is disgusting from United. That's absolutely disgusting. But no, I I thought Matic was by far the worst player on the field. He was honking. He gave away the ball so many times. And then he's a bloody skipper, mate. What do you mean? Don't even pass it, dude. Don't even stand next to him. Matic is like, oh, you got to get rid of him this off season. He's like, he's a dead weight in that team. Oh, bloody hell. What do you think, Sean? Really happy with the result? Do you think the boys should have won by a few more? Yeah, no, I have really the result and I think Leicester did well. But, yeah, appreciate it was a, a weakened um, Manchester United team. I mean, you've got De Gea in goal, for God's sake. Um, so what are you saying, Joe, where you say, um, you know, it's the first time you made a, a practice substitution um, and you weren't really happy with the team that he picked in this game when you had Liverpool coming up. So what are you saying? Ollie has no clue what he's doing. Uh, still, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. But I, th- I think, but just the team, the team you can understand. Like I think everyone saw that coming. Um, but I don't know why. Like you've made the commitment to playing these players in this game for a reason. Don't like let Fernandez, Rashford, and Cavani rest for Liverpool. Like that's the decision we're making. Like it, it doesn't really make any difference to Manchester United whether they win or lost that game. Like as far as the table goes, as far as anything goes, really. Like I would have just left them off. I didn't understand why yeah. he brought them on at all, and it didn't make it didn't make a huge impact on the game either. I don't think. No, I agree. I agree. All right, so Manchester United stay in second. Leicester whoop, up into um, third. And I want to have a top four discussion, but we should do it after this game. Chelsea nil, Arsenal one. Jeez, Arsenal dug in. A real you, Crystal Palace performance. You've lost me here. So we're having a top four discussion. Why are, we, why are Arsenal involved? <laughs> um, no, so look, this is quite exciting from a, from a neutral perspective because I saw Keppel was starting. Um, and as soon Always as you exciting. see Kepa is starting, you're like, fireworks. Is, yeah, here we go. Something's going to happen. And sure enough, the only goal of the game, I don't, I don't think it was Kepa's fault, but Kepa was heavily involved. He just undermines the confidence of everyone around him. You know how they have those heat maps for the players? They should have one with Kepa, but like a confidence map. And it'll just be a black <laughs> hole, which will just slowly work to Kepa. Absolutely comical stuff from Chelsea. And I, I thought after Frank, those days were done, Barney. Yeah, I mean, I, I, as much as I love to lay into a single player, like Kepper did make it much easier for Jorginho there by becoming even further away from the goal, creating a better angle to pass it to. And Jorginho's like, nah, I'm gonna, still going to try and make you look bad. And <laughs> just put, it, put it straight back at the goal. But yeah, that was, um, I think Kepper did well to get back, although it would have been very Kepper like if he did fully trip over and, and not get back to the ball. Um, yeah, like you say, very unusual from a Tuchel team and he would have been seething from seeing that. Um, yeah, look, Arsenal, Arsenal got, got away with the win, but my God, they look shaky. They, look, they, 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 they gave Chelsea every chance to come back and win it. But um, no, nah, did, well did well to hold on. And Havertz missed an absolute like sitter. He, had to, yeah. he, should have, he should have done much better with that. that was, so, um, Sean, put was your bad. Arsenal fan hat on. Are you happy that you've dug in to win 1-0 or are you still like, oh, geez, we got away with that. Like Chelsea properly played all over us, but we won. And I'm an Arsenal fan, so I only watch the highlights. I don't care. Like, are you, are you concerned about the performance or are you really happy that you dug in? I, I think a bit of both. I think you're, you're happy about the result and you showed a bit of character to dig in and, um, and grind out a win for the first time in 10 years at Stanford Bridge. I think you're happy with that aspect. But at the same time, I think looking forward, you know that 
these performances and this style of play isn't sustainable. So it's not sustainable at um, Arsenal because of the traditions there and how, how they usually play and what the fans expect to see. And the other thing, it's not sustainable because you're just not going to win many games like that because at some point, um, if you defend that much and have that little of the ball and have that less ambition um, and you're defending for sort of 85 out of the 90 minutes, the, the team, the other team's going to pinch a goal or, or get a goal, which I think um, Chelsea could have easily done. I think they hit the post a, a bunch of times. Yeah. I think um, Jorginho had a, had a good chance as well. Um, Giroud, when he come on, hit the hit the crossbar, um, and then yeah, Bert Leno made one or two saves. So it could have been very, very different. It could have been a rubbish performance and no, no result. So yeah, to answer your question, I think you've got a foot in um, in each in each space. But I mean, a lot was made of uh, Chelsea's selection of their team and how many changes that they made and how far away that is from their first team. But I, I'm just not sure I agree with that. That was sort of the whole sense of the the game, but. If you go through their team, Thiago Silva plays all the time. Um, Asper Aqueta um, plays all the time in a back three. Um, Zuma, he is first choice at the moment because Rudiger is injured. Jorginho, he, he plays um, most of the time, but not all the time. Chilwell, all the time. Reese James, all the time. Pulisic, all the time. Mount, all the time. Havertz, all the time. So yeah, I'm just not sure how many, um, when they say that, oh, we rotate our team and it's weakened. Um, Tuchel said that at the end and that was a um, theme through the commentary as well. I'm just not sure how true that actually is. Yeah. No, I, I, didn't, I didn't think it was. Go on, Barney. I'd, I'd agree. It's it's like Gilmore, yeah, you can make the argument for him, but pretty much everyone else in there plays pretty regular football for Chelsea. So, yeah, it doesn't really hold up that arg- that argument. Um, so, so Kepa comes out, Mendy comes in, um, Gilmore comes out and Kante comes in and Werner comes in and, yeah, I think Pulisic, Mount or Havertz, like they might change of how, how that's actually structured. But apart from that, full strength. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah. think that's really any excuse. But that, like the if you're – like as I said, like if you're a Chelsea fan, the performance wasn't that bad. They were all over them. Um, mm. they, just, they just didn't apply those finishing touches. They had one disallowed from VAR, as you said. Um, you know, Zuma gets on the end of one as per usual. But – I, like Arsenal got away with it a bit, in my opinion, particularly with an absolute howler. Um, but what, yeah. what what do you guys think of uh, Thomas Partey's first season in in England? I've been probably a little underwhelmed by, yeah. by his performances. Like he he's been he was like a big name coming from Atletico, like brought a lot with him. But I think just a few occasions, like even last night, like he he gets pushed off the ball very easily by like smaller players. Just and he's you always were- looking, he's always looking for a foul. You're excited about him coming, Job? Yeah, I was really excited, but I just think it's a it's almost a square peg in a round hole scenario. Like like he at Atletico, he was a scrapper. He did everything Simeone wanted. He defended so stoutly. At Arsenal, he just like he doesn't have to do that because it's just an absolute like shit show. And what they think he is and what he actually is are two very different things. But I think there's also been a little bit of a a um a rude awakening for him in his performances where he was probably one of the more physical players in La Liga and he comes over to the Premier League and the level of physicality is just so much higher. Yeah. I think yeah. he's he's got a step up to make. Um and I think I think he's capable of making that step up. And I think the transition from La Liga to Premier League would be quite difficult, particularly for someone who's used to being physical and then going to a way more physical league. And I think you see that as you said, Barney, with smaller players pushing him off the ball because they've come up and like it's it's a completely different level of physicality. Yeah, I, I, like, I totally agree with that. And I think the other aspect is the the pace of the game. I think sometimes you can see um, the game sort of passing by 
um, and yeah. everything just moving too too fast for him. So I think the physicality where he was the big dog and now he's like playing against guys who are, you know, just as um, strong as him and, and big as him, physical as him, and then the, the pace of the game, I think he's getting to him. Yeah. Um, but did anyone else think that was a penalty late on when he went down? No. No. Um, so I can't believe he's gone into the corner and he's gone, yeah, I'll die for this penalty knowing that there's VAR. So like he just like threw himself to the ground as if it's not going to get checked. Like even if even if he conned the ref, like which is what um, he's obviously trying to do and back in the day, would have been the case. And they just go to the VAR and they're like, oh, actually, yeah, no one's near you. So it's overturned. Like I just can't believe that he did that. It was just fair, so tough. To be fair to him, VR only needs the slightest, even like most slight bit of contact for it not to overturn a decision. So whether it's actually we might cause a penalty or not, they're not going to overturn it. So yeah, the key the key point there, Bunny, is uh, contact. (laughs) (laughs) Just running into into the corner of the box and falls over. All right, let's do let's do this top four chat. So we got some um, bad news for um, Chelsea. They um, stay in fourth or just sort of drop down after Leicester's result. Um, well, who cares about Arsenal? They're so far away. No one even cares. And so it's pretty tight here. So um, Leicester, 36 games, 66 points. Chelsea, 36 games, 64 points. And now Liverpool, which I'm sure we'll get to, um, 35 games, 60 points. And then West Ham, 35 games, 58 points. Who who stays in, Barney? Give me two teams to finish third and fourth. I still think... Uh, Leicester and Chelsea finish third and fourth. I think the Leicester are probably far enough away from Liverpool now that they're they're safe. I know they've got two tough games coming up: Spurs and and Chelsea as well. Is it or something? Is it who's yeah. who's got those games? Chelsea. That's Leicester. Leicester. Leicester play Chelsea and then Spurs on the last. Yeah, day. so they got two difficult games coming. I think they could beat Spurs for sure. Uh, but like, I think Leicester's safe, and I think Chelsea will uh, will grind it out as well. Um, and I think Liverpool have sort of left it a little late uh, now. I think they – and they're still like – I know they've well, they've won two on the trot now, but they're still wildly inconsistent and they could definitely pop up a bad performance against someone in their next game. So, yeah, I think I think it stays as is. So Liverpool's worst performance, Barney, in the remaining two games needs to come against either West Bromwich Albion, Burnley or Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace are their bogey team. <laughs> you know, they denied them the title not, not that long ago. I, I, think, I, I, I think Roy the Boy could definitely, it's his last act as Crystal Palace manager. And I think Burnley could um, give him a tough game as well. So like Burnley kept a lot of clean sheets uh, recently. And to be fair to Burnley, have been scoring some goals. So, yeah, like not easy games for Liverpool, but uh, games they should win. Um, Jobba, who, who have you got? Give me your two. Who do you think will stay in three and four? I think, I think it, st- it stays as is, I think, at this Ooh, point. Leicester City, yeah, Leicester City and Chelsea. Because I, I think four points is just too much to make up. Like if it was three, I think they could do it. But just that extra point I think is going to be critical. Because the Hammers have got a good run as well. So the Hammers could win all three. But like I think, I think Liverpool and West Ham will win all three. So then I don't know mathematically if it makes it possible. But that Leicester City Chelsea game just becomes so important, doesn't it? That's it like does. But if that's, if that's a draw, if that's a draw, I think it suits both teams. 
Or are you suggesting this is going to be one of those yeah, scenarios? A bit of a handshake, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. Agreement, and um, you yeah. know we'll play out a, a nil all draw, and and that'll that'll be how how to, how it will be. So I, I kind of think I think Liverpool are going to sneak in there, um, and I think Leicester might be good enough to pick up a, a couple of points either against uh, Spurs or um, yeah a draw against Chelsea. I'm not on Chelsea because I just think they're obviously they. Uh, lost most recently, and they've got just a couple of distractions. They've got the FA Cup, um, and then they've got the wild card of playing Leicester in the FA Cup on Saturday. Leicester on Wednesday straight away, which might, I don't know, just that feels a little bit unusual for me. A couple of distractions, and then, of course, the Champions League final at the end of the year. So, yeah, I think Chelsea might be slightly distracted. So, I think you're going to see Leicester and Liverpool go through. All right, so, look, let's move on now. So, Aston Villa nil, Everton nil. What do you like in this one, Barney? Yeah, boring. There are a few good chances uh, from from Everton. I think they looked like the team that were more likely to win it. But yeah, neither team looked looked uh, looked too good. Um, I think there's not much to play for around that position. Everton are pretty much on the beach now, and uh, so are, so are Aston Villa, as we've uh, mentioned many times. Even though Dean Smith is adamant, they've got something to play for. I, no one just oh, knows. What what, no, what? No, one, no one knows what it is. Only he knows. Um, but yeah, what do you guys think about it? No strong opinions from me. I thought it was very boring, very underwhelming. I think Everton should look back on this season with disappointment from where they were. Um, and I think Villa's probably par for what I thought they could do. So not much from me on this one, Sean. What did you get? Yeah, I, I probably agree with the um, the Villa comment. Probably are where they are, but like I think that's that eighth is where Everton are likely to finish. I think that's probably are where they are as well. So, yeah, both just okay seasons. Um, and then for Carlo, it's key about turning that away form into some um, home form. Yep, yeah, so Everton, Everton stay in eighth, Villa in 11th. Uh, Everton outside chance to push into Europa League, probably should. Uh, Villa not doing much at all. So, I left one game off the running order, but I should probably bring it in. So that would be Liverpool 4, Manchester United 2. Don't want to spend too much time on this one for obvious reasons, boys. Sean, what did you make of this one? Yeah, well, I thought Liverpool were uh, cut above um, United. I thought United were, were brave in patches of the game. Um, but then when they were brave, they got they got picked off, especially that, that last goal for, for Mo. Um, so, yeah, I was kind of hoping for a Manchester United win here to help Leicester. Um, secure that top four spot. So they disappointed me again, Manchester United. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, an entertaining game. Um, and I think, yeah, Oli would be disappointed to to lose that. And yeah, Klopp was um, very excited and seemed very focused about um, tracking either um, Leicester or Chelsea down. So yeah, huge result for Liverpool. Yeah. Do you make it in this one, Barney? Yeah, I caught a bit of the second half of this one. Um it was good to see an like, entertaining, high-scoring match from these two. Like, it was obviously big rivalry in it, and uh, there's been a lot of classic games over the years, but I think the last few have been pretty boring, like low-scoring, very defensive. Um, so that was nice. But, yeah, Liverpool were definitely the better team. Um, United obviously back to full strength, as everyone expected. Um, great to see that uh, Cavani still has his wrist strapped. In, uh, in solidarity with his brother as Pelaqueta over at Chelsea. Yeah. And also he's um, Eric Bailly down the back as well. Great to see him with his wrist strap. So it's spreading. 
Yeah. So look from a from a more detailed perspective, as opposed to I don't really care about the wristbands. Um, <laughs> so Liverpool very good for the three points. In an honest opinion, I think it should have been more in the first half. They were quite clearly the better team. And I know it's like a old school way of saying it, but they seem to just want it more. And Manchester United were just a little bit like second to everything um, in that respect. And I don't know if that was a quality thing, but um, very impressive performance from Roberto Firmino. I think he got two goals, and I'd, I'd probably attribute two assists to him as well. Scott McTominay was very poor. Victor, Victor Lindelof was very poor. Eric Bay was extremely poor. And um, I think Eric Bay is the best player in the league when he's not playing. And everyone remembers him for being so much better than what he is than when he actually plays. Because when he plays, mm. he doesn't look very good. But when he's not playing, he gets a really big contract extension. Um, so, so you mentioned that Liverpool had you, – you said Liverpool wanted it more. Well, I just yeah. think that that's, they've got something to play for. Like they're tracking down top four, whereas I don't think Manchester United can move out of second. And they're probably looking forward to just, you know, um, getting game time into critical people so they um, peak for the, um, yeah, the B League. If you're a Manchester United player, you can't do that against Liverpool. Like, this is the reason why the Super League fall over. Games like this, like, you should be up for a game against Liverpool if you're a Manchester United player. It shouldn't matter when it is, where it is, like, you should be up for it. You can play it in the Middle East and you should still be up for a game against Liverpool. I think this is one of those games where we really needed the crowd to remind us of the importance of this fixture. I mean, they've mm. they've also had three games in six days, which I feel like there wasn't wasn't much made of in the media about it. But, like, that's a that's way too many games that close and this is the third one I believe right so yeah. you know it's um by this stage they're probably even though if they're only like 10% off like it's still like a big difference if Liverpool are raring to go like they were so I think that's definitely a factor even though they rotated the squad for that last game you know the players are still there they're still warming up they're still on the bench they're still focused so yeah, yeah. I think that comes into it yeah but I don't think he managed these um three games very well so like what he's done is um, he's lost two of them because he's like, oh, I've got three games in five days. I need to like soften my team here. I need to rotate this guy. I need to bring this guy on. I need to put this guy off. Um, yeah. So he's done that and he's bottled both games. Like, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. At least what he should have done is like fully rested against Leicester and if that's the case, that's the case. That's what you want to do. No worries. Yeah. But then just, yeah, come out and have a real crack against Liverpool because that second part of the squad um, haven't played that 90 minutes or that 60 minutes or 30 minutes, whatever. Game yeah. time either whether they've been subbed on or not. 100% agree. It, just, it, it reeks of an inexperienced manager, I think, and one who's like not necessarily very strong with his decision-making where he's like, mm. okay, we're just going to throw the Leicester game. Who cares? Like we just can't lose to Liverpool. Um, yeah. I suppose two two key stats out of this game. So one was Bruno Fernandes is now the highest scoring Premier um, yeah midfielder in the Premier League ever for a season. So impressive. great news, Bruno. Yeah, very impressive. How many? How many has he got? He has. I think he has sixteen. Yeah, but that's not true. Franks would have scored more. Yeah, yeah, Frank scored 20, 30 goals a season. Yeah, Yaya scored like 24 one season. Yeah. Maybe 17. I don't know. So, look, I'll have Is to that check. In, in maybe in his first season or something or first, first full season. First season, potentially. How, how many pens? How many oh, pens? Oh, come on, mate. They all count. Get over yourself. Hernandez. And the other, oh, that's a rubbish stat, so give me the second one. The other key stat was now Mo Salah is in with, within one goal of Harry Kane. So what's Mo Salah going to do for the next week? Because so, I know you're a big fan of how much he passes the ball, Sean, and his unselfishness. What level of selfishness are we going to see from Salah in the next couple of games? And he does have some doozies in there too where he can really feel his boots. Are we going to see a five from Salah? 
I don't I bloody hope not. I hope um yeah, like obviously I'm speaking from a less defense, I think, and I hope that Liverpool will drop some points coming up. But yeah, like uh, it's sort of gone under the radar a little bit how good Mo's season has been. A really good return. Um, yeah, I think he'll really try and fill his boots. I think that'll really piss Mane off even more. And I think potentially, um, yeah, he might get a hatful, but just imagine how many he could get if he actually shaved down. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's get into the preview. So we're going to have to whip through this pretty quickly. Um, so Manchester United, sorry, uh, still second. Liverpool, fifth, but closing at Leicester City. So first game of the weekend, Newcastle, Man City. Give me a tip, quick one, Sean. Um, I've got a stat and a tip. Man City are looking for a 12th straight Premier League away win, which would be an all-time record across the top four tiers of English Football League history. Shit. Wow. And for that reason, I'm going Newcastle. <laughs> Who you got, Barney? Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm torn between who's got the biggest swan song here, if it's Aguero or if it's Brucey for keeping him up again. So I I believe it will be a City win, though. Yeah, I think City are going to win comfortably, and I think Aguero is going to score, but he's not on the pens. Lots um, of rotations. Yeah, but even when City rotate, like they've still got probably got the second best team in the league anyway. Still ridiculous, yeah. yeah. All right, so Burnley leads. Who do you like in this one, Sean? Um, I've got a stat and a tip. Chris Wood <laughs> is Burnley's top <laughs> Premier League scorer at Turf Moor, netting 23 goals in only 60 matches. Um, and I have Burnley. That's a, that's a good return. So if Chris Wood could, <laughs> if Chris Wood could. Um, Change his citizenship back to the the motherland of England from the Commonwealth of New Zealand. Would you put him on the plane at this? Like you just can't stop scoring, Chris Wood. Yeah, not with those teeth. No way. Oh, all right, Barney. Who do you <laughs> like in this one? Different. Leeds or Burnley? We've got two footballing royalty here: Bielsa and Dosh. Who do you like in this Dosh-y. one? I think if uh, if there's a team in the league that can break down a staunch defence like Burnley, it'd be Leeds. So I've got Leeds here for the win. Yeah, I'm going to go with Leeds as well. All right, Southampton, Fulham. Sean, who have you got? Have you got a stat um, and a result? Yes, I do. Oh. Um, Saints have kept a clean sheet in six of their last seven meetings with Fulham in all competitions. So bet on the 2.5 goals or less for this game and Southampton will win. All right, Barney? Uh, yeah, I think this will be Southampton win. Fulham can't score. They're down. Just, just uh, move on. Absolutely zero permutations for the rest of the league in this fixture. Um, so next one, Brighton versus West Ham. This is important. Who have you got in this one, Sean? This is a big one. If West Ham win this away game, that will be their highest amount of away wins, nine, in a Premier League season ever. And I'm going West Ham. Barney, who have you got? I'm going to go for West Ham as well because Brighton are another team that have bad, bad home form. So... And it's just Brighton, I'll bottle it. So yeah. we're West Ham. So this week, Bruno Fernandes came out with his top 10 players in the league on form. And at the top was Jesse Lingard. So that's enough to convince me. If Bruno says it's true, I think West Ham are going to get up here. Next one. Dailings, baby. Jack- so next one. So, uh, no, don't want him. <laughs> so next one, Crystal Palace versus Aston Villa. Sean, I know you're passionate about this one. Give us a tip. Oh, I could not be less passionate about this one. I think um, Palace will get it done. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't sound so shocked. Barney, what do you think? 
Oh, this has another nil all draw written all over it, doesn't it? Surely. Is, is Jack Grealish back? No, can't get back. He's got a, what they call a chronic injury. So the more he plays on, the more oh. he trades on, the worse it gets. Doesn't look good for the Euros at this stage. Um, no chance of playing the rest of this season and being monitored on the side. Oh, my God. That's- has, has, he, has he got chin splints like me? Uh, I, think the, I think it's ankle or, or, or knee, um, tendon. Yeah. I mean, with those oh, calves, no. you'd expect it. How, yeah, mm. how does a man with the legs that size get uh, tendonopathy? <laughs> I'm gonna. I need to talk to my physio. Um. All right. So I'm. I'm gonna go for Aston Villa in this one. I think Palace. I don't know. Palace is just at the beach. Roy's farewell to There's just too much going on there. All right. So next one. Tottenham versus Wolves. The Matt Doherty Derby. Who are you got in this one, Barney? Well, this is actually a, a somewhat of a interview for Nuno Espirito Santo. I believe. Depends how mm. he goes in this game. Oh. Uh, if he gets the job. But uh, no, I I uh, I think Tottenham might win this one. Actually. I think they'll be uh, they'll be too good for Wolves. Wolves aren't looking very good at the moment. Um, not much for Spurs either, but still, I think Spurs will get the win. What do you reckon, Sean? I think it's a tough one to pick. Um, you look at their last three games: um, Spurs win, a draw, and a Wolves win. So it's kind of hard to pick. And I might go Spurs because of Bale starting. Yeah, right. Okay, interesting. So I'm going to go with Spurs in this one. They should be too good. They do have something to play for, oddly enough, Wolves. I've been very critical of Wolves, but they don't seem to have moved a lot of the table up or down. Uh, I think it's generally between 10th and 12th every week, so I'm going to go with Spurs in this one. Next one, West Brom versus Liverpool. Allardyce versus Klopp. Sean, who do you like in this one? Oh, you can't go past West Brom in this one, I don't think. Um, I'm probably I, going there. I can't. Barney, who have you got? Well, I think the big question is, is will Sam even turn up? <laughs> will, will he even be there? Maybe we'll just send Sammy Lee. We'll yeah. just send Sammy <laughs> Lee. He'll be on the couch eating Cheetos. Yeah, you know that you know the headpiece that he's got in? He'll put one of those earpieces in, sit, sit on the couch, and Sammy Lee will be on the touchline. Oh, God. Who, who do you think's going to win, Barney? If uh, Allardyce turns, turns up, Liverpool. If he doesn't, West Brom. <laughs> right, I think Liverpool's going to win this comfortably. I think Mo Salah's going to fill his boots and overtake Harry Kane too. So Mo Salah, two or more goals in this game. All right. So Everton versus Sheffield United. Barney, who do you like in this one? And um, I know you were you were video videotaping Olio, Ollie McBurney. During the week, um, <laughs> so do you think you'll be up for this one? Yeah, he was trying to belt me. So Everton at home, so Sheffield for the win on that one. That's a pretty straightforward and easy one. No, nothing else. Sean, here. Who do you, what do you think, Sean? Do you think Ollie McBurney's going to bring that fight this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> Um, Potentially liable. I don't think he will. I don't think he will, but I think Sheffield United will win. Uh, I think Everton will win, and um, Ollie McBurney. I know there's more to that tape, so um, good luck with everything. So, a couple of results there. I think it's going to be a pretty, like it's going to be a tough one for fans this week. But we do have one fixture on Sunday morning at two fifteen a.m. that we're all buzzing about. Obviously, Chelsea versus Leicester City. I'll start with you, Barney. Who do you like in this one? Uh, cup final, 
Chelsea versus I think either t- I mean either team can win it for me I think but I still think that Chelsea will be uh, too good here. Um, I think they're just absolutely rock solid when they got their full eleven in. Um, you can see they've been preparing for it during the week. I mean they've been resting players. Um, they're looking the goods. Uh, Leicester. I just think uh, maybe without Madison not being fully fit. Um, and, yeah, there's a few injury questions over some of their players. Johnny Evans, will he play? Will he? I'm not sure. But uh, I think without Evans, it makes it a, definitely a bit tougher for Leicester as well because Chelsea up front are just going to be pounding the Leicester goal. So, for me, i got Chelsea. Sean, who do you like in this one? Um, yeah, well, I think Chelsea um, obviously have the upper hand, but I'm really hoping Leicester get it done. I think the pace of Chelsea up front might um, do some damage to Leicester's back three, um, I think if you're Chelsea, that's where you're probably going to get the the most joy. But I think, like, I know that they play them on Saturday in the FA Cup and then Wednesday, which we've already said. So I think, honestly, I would just take one win out of those games. If we win the FA Cup and then lose on Wednesday, I'd be okay with that. If we lose the FA Cup and then win on the Wednesday, I'd, I'd be okay with that. So... Yeah, um, I'm really hoping Leicester get it done. Um, I already feel nervous talking about it. Chelsea are $1.86. The draw is $3.40 and Leicester is $4.20. Good value there. Um, Yeah, Jobber, what do you think? Yeah, look, bad news for everyone. I think Chelsea's going to win this game. Um, oh, fucking hate Chelsea. Yeah, I know. I think I think Johnny Evans' absence this week was telling, but I think he's going to be back in time for the cup final, isn't he? I just don't yeah. know if I just don't know if Leicester have enough to break them down. I think if Jamie Vardy was in red hot form, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm still not convinced even with the run. I just think Chelsea are going to be too good. They've just got too many, too many players capable of opening Leicester City up. I think at least I think it's going to be fairly one sided. Like if you're a purist, it's going to be a lot of possession to Chelsea, and Leicester are going to look to hit them on the break. Um, but I, I'm interested to see if. If Brendy goes with the Madison Inacho Vardy three, or if one of them gets like the hook from a more defensive player, do you think all three of them will start short? No, I don't think so. I think Inacho and Vardy will start. I don't think Matters will. Oh, that's got to hurt too. Yeah, I, I think it's just going to be a lot of counter attacking. But I just think Chelsea going to have way too much, and the experience of Thiago Silva is going to ring through here. No Kepper, obviously. Mendy goes in goals and shores things up at the back. I I just can't see how Chelsea won't win this game. Sadly. Is Kepa the cup keeper though or not? Oh, I think after this week you sort of made the call that there's no longer a cup and league keeper. Um, I think if, if Tuchel's serious, then he starts Mendy regardless. Like who cares what Kepa thinks? He's, he's had his time. Um, yeah, yeah, so I think, you, Kelsey, once, I think gone. Sorry, once you get to the final, yeah, does it really matter if you got a cup or a cup keeper or not? Like like it's just it's just good for that early stage. One, one of them's Mendy and one of them's um, kept up. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's what, that's what I mean, right? It's like you, you just play Mendy. He's a better keeper. Like you there's no yeah. like oh, yeah. but Kepa's been there the whole time. It's like yeah, good. He's done his job. Get Mendy in. Yeah, it's it's um oh, I don't know. It's it's so hard to tip against Brendan Rodgers. Um, and I think there's a crowd of about twenty one thousands allowed. I think it's with the COVID restrictions. So. I feel like if Leicester could get up and get the crowd going, it could make a really big difference, like for that backs-to-the-wall type performance. But I just can't go past Chelsea. I just even try and convince myself I can't do it. All right, boys, any closing thoughts on that FA Cup? Sean, are you going to be watching in your jersey or are you going to maybe just go to sleep and just hope things are good in the morning? 
No, no, I'll be watching. All right. All right, boys, I'll move on. We've got one email this week. Um, have you got a sound bite there for us, Sean? <laughs> oh, no, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> oh, off you go, cracking. All right, so I should say you've got mail. That's fine. So we've got an email this week. So hi, lads. Real quick one. As always, big fan of the show. That's a good start. Last step was great, as always. Even better. However, don't think that no one noticed Barney trying to pepper in the word imperious to describe Callum Wilson's recent form. Well, it may be accurate term to describe Wilson's performance over the last few games. Ah, this is not the sort of word that Barney can pull off in his attempt to casually toss it in as if it's something he says on a regular basis. was about as convincing as a Guerrero's Penenka. Hope his email serves to make him more self-conscious about his vocabulary. Keep up the good work. Regards, Aussie. Um, so that would be consistent with what I've heard in the rest of the subreddit feeds. In the blogosphere. Um, you, <laughs> your response, Sam? Oh, I'm about to go Ollie McBurney over his ass. You better not meet me down, Ali. Uh, Alle- alleg- alleg- allegedly. No, that's fair because I know on the other subreddit feeds, people referred to you as a robot and unemotional. Um, <laughs> um, Barney, I'm glad that um, my subscription for your birthday present to uh, Dolingo is play- paying off. <laughs> Wait. Uh, <laughs> all right, boys. <laughs> that's, that's all we've got this week. So, if you want to get in touch with us, it's footballplayedonpaper at gmail.com. Uh, football Played on Paper is Facebook. Instagram is at football on paper. And uh, Twitter is at football on pods. Any closing thoughts, Sean? Just uh, good luck to the Foxes this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Anything from you, Barn? Nah, thanks, boys. See you Mate, next week. Good on you, Barney. Have an imperious week. I will. <laughs> all the best. <laughs>